Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. Amen. Well, we are in our series, Making Space, week number two. Last week, we started this series, and this whole idea of making space is just like, you know, sometimes we just need to make space. (laughs) It's a good definition. My mom always told me, you can't define the word with the word, but I just did. So boom, (laughs) making space. But when Heather and I were first married, my wife and I, we had this room in our apartment, and it kind of uh, maybe some of you have had one of these rooms. It was like where everything gathered and cluttered up, right? And it was, we called it the closet, even though it was a bedroom. And, <laughs> and it just was this room. And before long, it was like you could only open the door so much and see in there because there was so much stuff in there. Right, we've gotten better. But some of us, our lives are like that. We just have so much going on, so many things in there. And God is saying, I want to be a part of you. I want to give you more than what you're currently experiencing. But there's just nowhere for me to fit. There's like, God, there's this little crack right here. I can squeeze you in for 60 minutes right here. God is saying, like, I, 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 need, I need space. So that's this idea of making space, like removing some things, decluttering, cleansing. We, so we talked about this whole idea of detoxing. Kind of, you know, so last week we started with the spirit detox because we know our spirit is the most important part of us. Right? So we talked about this whole idea of spirit detoxing. So we talked about, you know, this, we're going to spirit detox over the last six days. We're going to work like crazy to remove some very specific, specific things from our lives and put some other things in the life. So I've been working hard this week and removing some of those lives. I hope anybody else been working hard this week on detoxing our spirit. I guess I'm the only one in, in this place. Anybody else? I have to go like this sometimes to see you right here. Rhonda's got my back. Thank you. Well, this week we're going to do the same thing. We're going to talk about some things today, some specific things that we're going to work like crazy to detox from our soul. Today we're going to talk about our soul. And then we're going to talk about some things to put in. Because if you've ever done a cleanse or a detox, you know, it's, not, it's important what you take out, but it's also important what you're putting in. Because, you know, our body needs nutrients and it needs good things in order for it to be healthy and strong. And our and uh, and ourselves, we need the same thing. So we're going to talk about our soul today. It's important that we understand that we are a three-part being, right? We're not just this physical body. We are three parts. We're made in the likeness of our Heavenly Father. And He is also a three-part being. He's God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, right? We are a three-part being. We are a spirit. That's the real you, right? Your physical body is not the real you. Your spirit is the real you. That is what's going to live forever one day, either with the Lord in heaven or in that other place with the guy with the horns. And that's called hell. We don't want to go there, right? That's what our our spirit comes alive when we receive Christ. That's the part of us that's born again, right? That's the real us. So we are a spirit. We have a soul, right? Our soul is like our our heart, our emotions, our thinking, our reasoning, right? That's our, our soulish area, our feelings, right? And then we have, we live in a physical body. We are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in this physical body. It's the obvious one because we can look around and we can see it, right? But we are a three-part being. So last week was Spirit Detox. If you missed it, you need a refresher, get on the podcast, get on the website. You can watch those on there. Today, I want to talk about soul detox, removing some things from our soulish areas, from our feelings, from our heart, our emotions, so that we can make space for God in those areas. Did you know that God wants to be a part of your thinking? He wants to be a part of your emotions. 
He wants to be a part of every part of us. So it's important that we learn to detox our soul. So I want to start with our, our kind of foundational verse for this series because it's like, okay, that sounds good, but why is this so important? Why do we need to make space for God in our lives? It's a great question. So let's look at what Scripture has to say about that. If you've got your Bible today, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Maybe you've got the Version Bible app on your phone. That's good too because then I can see your face while you're scrolling. And I'm just going to pretend like it's the Bible or notes and it's not Facebook. But It says this in verse 14, it says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Like in other words, he's just saying like, I know you can't get out of the world. I know you can't get completely away from all the evil that's out there, but you need to be careful how close you get to it. You need to be careful that you don't become tied to it, yoked to it. Don't be yoked to it. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Well, that's obvious. That's that's an open book test right there. Nothing. Righteousness and wickedness, they don't go together. Which of these things does not belong? Okay. (laughs) Guys. What fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Belial is just another name for a spiritual enemy, the devil. It's the the guy with horns, right? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. He's just kind of flipping that on us. Like too often we've thought as the church is the holy place. Like, oh, I better be good while I'm in there. No, no, no. We are the temple of the living God. God wants to live within us. And he quotes the Old Testament here of God speaking. And he says, as God has said, I will live with them. I will walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. You can kind of hear a little bit of of God's desire. You can hear it in his voice right here. He's saying like, hey, I want to be close to you. I want to walk with you. I want to be with you. But where, where is there for me in your life? There's no space for me to go. I have more for you. I think it's pretty cool. Like, if you think about that, like the creator of the universe. Let's just let that sink in for a minute. The creator of the universe is saying, I want to be with you. I want to be with you in the good and the bad, in the struggle and the tears and the joy. I want to be with you in all of that. I want to walk with you. Like, that's pretty cool. So how? How do we get that? Like, let's have that. How do I get that? He goes on. He says, therefore, come out from among them and be separate. Says the Lord, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord. Therefore, since we have these promises, what promises are those? Promises that God will be with us, that we'll be his sons and daughters, that we'll be part of his family, that he has more for us than we're experiencing now. Those promises. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and the spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. God is right in front of us, each and every one of us saying, I, I've got more for you. I want to give you more of myself. I know maybe you're experiencing some of God right now, but however much you're walking with God, he has more for you than you're currently experiencing. He has deeper places that he wants to take you. I know you think you're deep with the Lord, but he has deeper places that he wants to take you. Some of us are just new to the faith and God is saying, hey, I've got more than, for you than you're experiencing, more peace than you're currently experiencing. More joy than you're currently experiencing. Some of us need some joy because we just can't find joy in anything, right? Like, well, I, I, you know, I guess that was funny. Like, that, that was funny. Like, we just need some joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on. So if you find yourself in the middle of the day, need some strength, you can get some coffee, but get some joy about it. Like, ha, 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 I got some coffee. You know, like, get some joy going on. God has more for us than we're currently experiencing. More revelation of his spirit in our lives. 
Sometimes we try to just limit it, but God has more, that he, more vision that he wants to give us, more of the power working in us that is, we're currently allowing to operate in our lives. But see, that's the, that's the point is it's kind of up to us of how much God can work in our lives, how much space are we willing to create for him to flow, right? Sometimes we cap what God can do in our capacity and we're just waiting for him to have, like, God, do what you will. No, no, God works through us. He works through people. He's not just going to, like, do whatever he will on the earth. He does that through us. So we've got to make this room, make this space for him to move through us in our lives. So many times we get in the place in life, though, where our souls are just, we become polluted. We have these toxic things that we take in. And we start to feel like the psalmist when he wrote Psalms 42, verse 5. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Who's downcast? Maybe you felt downcast before. Why are you so disturbed within me? Anybody ever felt like that before? Just like, like that inner turmoil. Put your hope in God. For I will praise him, my Savior and my God. You know, sometimes we're just singing the blues. We're just feeling so discouraged and down. And that's just that point where we need to detox. We need to get some things out of there that shouldn't be in there. We need to make some room for God to come in. Because our, our soul is kind of like a bully, okay? <laughs> our soul wants to be the one, like our feelings, right? Our emotions, our heart, our head, like all that kind of stuff wants to be calling the shots, Wants to be the one making decisions, telling us how we should act. Well, you feel this way, so you should just go with that, right? Like our soul, is, but that's not its job. Its job is not to make the decision. Our, it's our spirit's job to make decisions, and it's our soul's job to come in line with what our spirit says. It's a good place to say amen right there. I'll say that again so we kind of sinks in. Our soul wants to make the decisions, but it's not its job. Our feelings don't get the job of saying you get to make the choices. It's our spirit's job to make the choices to make the decisions and our soul our feelings our thinking comes in line with that right because our spirit knows what god's word says that we're more than a conqueror that god will give us peace that god will provide for us in every situation that we are the head and not the tail our soul is just blown from here to there because feelings come and go and just winds of change and don't be that's why scripture says don't be deceived and pulled aside by every wind of doctrine because it's going to come. Like we got to be founded on the word. We've got to allow the spirit to speak truth to us and be the guiding force in our life and not be blown around by our soul and not be pushed around. Come on, somebody. So this week we're going to work on a few things, working like crazy to get these things out of our soul, to detox these things. And we're going to talk about a few other things we're going to put into our lives to strengthen our spirits so that we can make room for what God is going to do in our lives. Now, as we talk about this, I know there's so many things. There's a lot of things that can pollute us and pollute our souls more than we could talk about and more than we have time to talk about on Sunday morning. And somebody said, whew, the preacher knows when to end. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna highlight a few, and I know like maybe they're all not gonna be everything for each of us. But my prayer would be that the Holy Spirit would speak to us, and then we begin to highlight things in our soul that He's like, "Hey, we need to we need to uproot this thing and get out, and let's let's put this other thing in there." So if you've got notes today, be, you can write those down, type them in your phone somewhere where you can remember these. First one is it's a big one, and it has a lot of potential to really pollute us because it's such a toxic thing in our lives and that's unforgiveness unforgiveness oh unforgiveness all that kind of bitterness those feelings like when somebody does something to you you know what i mean like it bumps your shoulder like, 
You know, that, that, that eyebrow that you get, the evil eye. How dare you? Do you know who you're talking to? You bumped into, you made me spill my coffee. You know, like, it's those things, like, I'm going to hold on to this. I can't believe they did that to me. Like, I'm, you know, like, unforgiveness is like this, it's like I have those sticky gloves from football, you know, and it wants to just, like, cling onto you. And it's, like, it's hard to shake off sometimes, this unforgiveness, but it's, it's so important that we get rid of unforgiveness in our lives, that we don't hold on to unforgiveness, because it's just, it pollutes us so much. I heard it said, <laughs> unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the person dies of smoke inhalation. It ain't going to work. <laughs> it's just going to hurt you. It's just going to hurt us. It doesn't work. Unforgiveness always destroys us. It never works the way we think it will. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause any trouble and defile many. Those last two words are pretty telling, right? It will defile many. We can see that plainly in our culture today, right? When people just being defiled by unforgiveness, by bitterness, right? That's what happens when you hold on to unforgiveness for so long. It grows into bitterness. Now you hate this other person, right? Man, it's so true. And I, I love the illustration there of bitterness as a, as a root. Uh, I, I mean, my driveway, we have pavers in our driveway, and they're, they look nice. That's, that's fantastic. The problem with pavers is that these little weeds grow up in between every single one of them. No matter how many times you pull them out, no matter how many times you spray, you know, round up, you come out and there's a brand new one like you weren't there yesterday. How do you grow so fast? Can you talk to my lawn about growing faster? You know, like those, I'm just, I'm amazed by it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep my HOA happy. And so I pull the little things out. And when they're small, you know, you can grab it and just pull the whole thing out and the roots come out and everything, right? And what's interesting about, you know, the roots is that, you know, the, if I skip a day and now that's bigger and a couple of days later that little weed is bigger and I try to pull it, I got to work a little harder to pull that root out. And if I don't grab it just right, I'll just snap the top off and the root will still be there, right? So I got to really like pay attention and get that bigger root out. And then there's some over in the mulch and the flower beds. Man, those things are deep. Give me the shovel. I need to dig this, right? Digging the weeds out of there. Like the thing about roots is that the longer we leave them in place, like the harder they will be to get out, right? Because roots grow down deep, but they don't just grow down. They grow sideways and backways and all kinds of tangled ways. And it seems like you know, everything that a root touches, like it just attaches, it gets tangled up in, right? It's like you can't separate it out. It's so hard. The longer we leave a root to grow, the harder it's going to be to pull out. That's what he's saying about unforgiveness. The longer you leave unforgiveness in your heart, the harder it's going to be for you to pull it out. We got to be people who are quick to forgive. If you don't deal with the roots, you're going to have trouble. You just are. You deal with it. We got to be quick to forgive. Just let those things go. So, so what, do, what do we do about this? How do we handle this? We just need to, you know, be a little bit more like Elsa, I think, and just let some things go. Just let it go. Let it go. Like maybe that just needs to be your theme song this week. Just get your, you know, preschool mode back on and let it go. Come on, somebody, for Elsa. Didn't know Elsa could preach, did you? And I get the thing with unforgiveness, right? It's not fair. It is not fair what they did. You, Pastor, you don't even know. I, I get it. But if, I, don't, I don't think, you know, we really want to play the fair game. I, I mean, if we want to play the fair game, you know, then we really need to go pay for our own sin. Amen. Problem for that is, is like Scripture tells us, sin is only paid for by death. 
And if you want to pay for your own sins, that means we have to die. And if we die with sin, then we're separated from God eternally, right? And that's a problem because then we won't be going to spend eternity with God in heaven. We'll be going to hell with, with, the, with the devil, right? So if you want to pay for your own sins, it's up to you. But I'm so glad I don't have to play the fair game. It's not fair that Jesus paid for my sins. I didn't deserve it. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's not fair that he had a crown of thorns. It's not fair that he was beaten and spit on and had his beard plucked out and all those other things. It's not fair. But that is the gospel. That is the good news that Christ came and died for us, that we wouldn't have to play this fair game. So we don't have any right to play the fair game with anybody else. Like we have to be quick to forgive. Ephesians 4 says that it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ forgave us. Man, we have to be quick to forgive, quick to forgive. So just a choice. That's all it is. There's not like a, a formula or it's just like, I choose to forgive. And I've had times in my life where I've had to say that like a hundred times in a row. To, you know, like, just do it. Like, it's okay. I choose to forgive this person. I choose to forgive this person. And I say it out loud so that I hear it, so that the devil hears it, and so that the Lord hears where I'm at. Like, Lord, help me forgive this person. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. Like, every time we choose to forgive, we set a prisoner free. It just so happens the prisoner was you. We've got to choose to forgive. Here's the second one. Might not even have thought of this one. It's comparison. Comparison. What do people think about me? Do people like me? Are we way more concerned about what everyone else says than what God says? I care too much about the thoughts of what other people think about me. It's one of the most toxic things in our culture right now is this whole like comparison deal. And we see it played out through you know, social media because it's so prevalent. One of the best things you can do Honestly, like, yeah, go on a social media fast. Thank you. That's right. Just for the next six days, get off it. And you will come back here next Sunday feeling better, thinking better, not worrying so much about it. You know, if you had the right angle as you took your beach picture of your feet in the sand so everyone knew that you had a beach day. Like, and that's good. I'm not putting that down. Like, I hope you do have lots of beach days because that's why we live 45 minutes from the beach. Praise the Lord. But we have to be careful about the the toxins that creep in from that because culture is just pouring into us through those things. And so often it's just easy for kind of jealousy and envy to creep up in those moments. And like when we're looking at everyone else's highlight reel and fake highlight reels, and we're like, why wasn't, why didn't I get to go on that? Why didn't I get that promotion? Oh, 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 I'm glad they got the new car. I really need a new car. Like all these, it's just easy for enviness and jealousy and all that stuff to creep in. And we've got to be careful not to find identity in those things and trying to be everything else because that's what our culture is doing right everyone's trying to be like somebody else you weren't created to be like somebody else you were created to be you so we have to be careful not to let culture influence us it's like when you go into a restaurant i love i love technology i do i love it i worked in the technology field i think it's amazing but man our smartphones y'all they are they are destroying us right you walk into a restaurant you find me a restaurant this week where you you walk into it and there's not a family somewhere where all of them are doing this. What do you, what do, you do when you need the salt and pepper? Like, pass me the salt and pepper. <laughs> Nobody's talking. What's happening? We're looking at all these other things to begin to define us. We've got to be careful that we, you know, we can't let you know, culture define us and tell us what relationships should look like and what sexuality should look like and what, you know, what, you know, what kind of lifestyle we should live. And it's okay to live with this person. Or live. Like, we've got to be careful to not let 
culture invade us in this way that we're not comparing this to uh, what culture is saying about us. Let's see what the Bible says about this because the Bible has something to say about everything. James 3, verse 14, it says, Don't harbor, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, like selfish ambition, like I want that for me. I don't, they don't need that. And don't boast about it or deny the truth. Like don't, don't think that you're speaking the right thing because that kind of wisdom, <laughs> y'all, I love the Bible because it's so, it's so plain, isn't it? Like it's, it's being very passive about this subject. It's not. He's being in our face about it. that kind of wisdom to think that you deserve everything does not come from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Oh, yeah, wow. That's, that's right there. That's in your face, right? For where you have envy, oh, I want that. I, I, I should have that. And where you have selfish ambition, they don't need that. I wish I had that instead of them. There you will find disorder in every evil practice. We've got to get comparison and be careful about how concerned we are what other people have what other people think about us it's not important we've got to be more careful about what god thinks about us so we're going to be careful to remove some comparison from our lives next one is if you're taking notes is anger anger this one is a strong one because these people are mad <laughs> you just look around and people are mad everywhere I'm driving down the i4 and you really see that people are mad like oh right people are just mad and i get it it's easy to see why people are mad right because it's 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 spoon-fed to us constantly by our politicians right everyone's mad at the washington dc people are mad at people on their facebook who had a different opinion people are mad at mcdonald's because they got a big mac instead of a qpc you know like they're just mad about everything Right? People are just mad everywhere. But we've got to be careful. Like, and don't be nudging your spouse right now. Just keep it right here. Just keep those in. <laughs> we've got to be careful about how much anger we let in our lives because it will pollute us, right? There's, there's different kinds of anger. There's two main ones, really. There's the kind of angry people that are like in your face. You won't like me when I'm angry kind of, you know, like everyone knows it. It's evident they are angry. But then there's all you, you know, turtle angry people. Uh, you've got all your anger bottled up in that shell and keeping everything close in there. And nobody knows that you're really angry till that moment that you snap and then it's too late. Right. You've got to be careful. And it's just as dangerous and just as toxic as the other kind. Problem is, when we get angry like this, uh, I mean, I know in my own life is something I've had to deal with is like it's always somebody else's fault. Well, it's their fault that they did this. That guy cut me off, so it's his fault. Like, it's always somebody else's fault. But I've, I've come to realize that <laughs> every fight that I've been involved in, there's a common denominator. I was there. <laughs> every fight I've been involved in, I was the common denominator. Like, the Bible is telling us, like, God is speaking to us, like, the problem is us. Okay? The problem is just right here. James, he, he continues again. He says, Where, what causes fights and quarrels among you? It's a good question. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Like the problem is us. You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. Okay, that's really, you know, where we could sum up anger. Like I want something, but I can't get it. Like anger, right? It's a root of anger. Like I had a right to this lane, and this guy cut me off. So I showed him my favorite appendage. <laughs> right? I had a right to a happy marriage, but I got stuck with this one. Right? I had a right to that promotion, but they got it instead. Okay, anger, like I want something, but I can't get it. 
So what do we do about it? Most of us do this. We, we kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Like, hold up, Pastor. I didn't kill nobody. Right. You might not have killed anybody, like, but we do it with our words. We do it in our heart. And didn't Jesus, he said, you know, if you, you look at somebody with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery with them. Like, Jesus just pointed like, we do it with our words so easily. It just flows so naturally. Some of us, it's a spiritual gift, like just to flow like, and we can speak and everyone knows we're angry because of our words. And like, we, oh, I can flow in that. Like some of us, you know, but it's not a spiritual gift. Just got to get that one out there. Pastor said this was a spiritual gift. It's not. The thing that I've learned is that every time I've used my words that way, I never really get what I want. I might actually get my way or get what I want, but I'm just left there still mad, still angry. Like it never does anything for me, right? We've got to learn to get anger out of us. Too often we want our situation to change, but God wants us to change. Can, can, we, can we dig a little deep today? Is this too deep for you guys? I know it's, I know it's painful sometimes. It's like, ah, oh, all right, all right. But God wants us to dig in a little deeper. We can't stay surface all of our lives. God wants us to take, take us deeper. So we're getting deeper today. We've got to get God involved in what we're wanting to see. We've got to get his involvement. So I want to give us a few things today. That Here's the good part, the good things. We're going to add these things. We're going to work like crazy to detox from those other things. And maybe God is speaking something else to your heart. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's worry, something like that. But we're going to work on adding some good things in our lives this week. Everybody say good things. Come on for good things. So write this down. We're going to add some right relationships into our lives. Right relationships. Whether you like it or not, God's solution to this kind of toxicness in our soul wasn't for us to just sit alone with him and try to work it out. Right? His solution was for us to get together to work some things out. To have somebody that you can take your mask off. You know, you know that one that you put on before you came to church today so everyone would think everything was great and no one would know that you have worries and you have some concerns and you have some questions and things are you're struggling in one area or another and another. So those masks that we wear, you know, like, hey, 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 right? We've all got those masks, but we need people in our lives that we can be open and real with and take those masks off so that we can talk to somebody about our worries. We all have worries, concerns. The, the things, ugh, I'm dealing with anger, I need, you know, so, so that when you get to the point and you're about to do something crazy, you know, that you, instead of just going for it, you know, somebody you can call and be like, yo, I'm about to do something crazy, talk me off the ledge, go, you know, and somebody that can speak the word of God into your life and can talk and, and can pray with you and you be like, okay, good, I'm good, thank you. Now I'm not going to do that crazy thing. We need that in our lives. We need each other. If you don't believe me, listen to what the Bible says. James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Sometimes, you know, we take like a piece of scripture and that's all we know. It's like this scripture, people take James 5, 16b. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. My prayers are powerful. And your prayers are powerful and effective. But we've missed the first part, Right? That we have to, we need to confess our sins to each other so that we can have healing in our souls and so that we can, we, and we pray together, 
right? Then our prayers are powerful and effective. We got to have this. Like we're not confessing sins to each other for forgiveness. We know that we only get forgiveness from God, from this relationship. We receive forgiveness because of what Jesus did for us. But we need healing in our souls. We need healing from these anger things that we've got going on. So that's why we have each other. We confess these things to each other so that there's accountability there because without accountability, there's no real motivation for change. If I'm the only one who knows what's going on, no one can get in my face and be like, yo, you blew up today. That, you can't do that. Remember we had this conversation? Like, there needs to be accountability there, Right? I have this in my life. I have a group of, uh, of other pastors of other churches, and we talk every week, sometimes multiple times throughout the day. We're talking about the things that we're struggling with, the things that we're worried about, concerned about. Do you know that pastors have those things too? We do. We're just like you, okay? So we go, but we talk about these things, and we talk about some deep stuff. And we pray for each other, and we're there for each other. We encourage each other. Man, do you have that? Do you have somebody you can call? Someone who knows the word? Somebody? We need that. We need each other. One of the most important decisions we can make in this life is who we surround ourselves with. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, but a companion of fool will be probably, you know, is going to suffer harm, might end up in a bad place. So who are you surrounded by? If you need some better people to be surrounded with, just look around you right now. There's some good people to surround yourself with. Get some numbers on your way out of church today. All you single people are like, ah, yeah. Like, that's fine too. But get get some people around you that are going the same direction, that are going to strengthen you and build you up. We need need the right relationships. Here's the second one. We need a God-defined identity. We need a God-defined identity. Listen, God made you. You're not accident. You are made on purpose, with a purpose. God created you with a plan for your life. He didn't create you and then be like, what am I going to do with this guy? Like, hmm, let me figure out. No, no, no. He had a plan for you. He's like, now I'm going to make this guy because he's the only one who can fulfill this plan. God has a plan for our lives. One of my favorite passages of scriptures, Psalms 139, it says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. I love that last phrase, I know it full well. I wonder how many of us know full well how God made us. Know full well the purpose that God has for your life. Know full well the giftings and the abilities that God has given you. Do we know it full well? Like we need to know our identity, who God made us to be. And the problem for many of us is that we haven't gone to God to get that identity first. We've let culture tell us all these other things or other people. We've let our past and hurtful things that people have said define who we are. But those things are not who you are. God created you. See, if you want to know the purpose for a thing, you need to ask the the creator of that thing. You don't need to go ask everybody else, hey, what do I do with this thing? No, you need to go to the one who made it. Find out your purpose from there. Find out how to use it. Right? The only place we can get that is from our Heavenly Father. So we need to get our God-defined identity first before we deal with anything else. And for us at Victory, if you, uh, you need to discover that. If you don't know that, man, that's what we do next steps. And you can ask one of our leaders more about that. But we need to be on a discovery of that process of who God made us to be. God, where are you calling me to do this? God, why did you give me these abilities? Man, we need to know the answers to those. Because the answers to those are people are waiting 
for us to know the answers so that they can step into that. Did you know that there are people on this earth that God has created specifically you to reach that I'll never be able to reach? It's true. And there's people that he's created me to reach that you'll never be able to reach because he's given each of us different spheres of influence. He's given us each different backgrounds. And sometimes I know we walk through different things and different pains in our stories and everything. But God can use those very pains to be the thing that can connect with somebody else who's walking through that very pain right now and thinks that God is mad at them and doesn't care about them. And all of a sudden you show up on the scene and you've been through their pain that I've never been through and you can relate to them and you can be like, I I know where you are. I got you. I got you. I can never do that because I've never been through that pain. Man, it's powerful. It's powerful. We need to get our God to find identity. We need to know it full well. Here's the last one I want to give you today. So we need to live with an eternal perspective. Live with an eternal perspective. What does that mean? It's like in our Western culture, sometimes I think we get unrealistic expectations of life. Right, because as a from you know little kids, we're taught like pursue the American dream. You know, get your two and a half kids and your your corner office and your nice house with a little picket fence and the extra cars and get your beach house and all those things are great. And I hope you get all those things, but maybe not a half a kid because you need a full kid. <laughs> full kids are better. But you know, even our perfect little lives can sometimes make us unhappy. Right? What we think is what we, we want to have this perfect little life. But oftentimes those are the very things because we get too wrapped up in this life. Right? That's why there's so many unhappy rich people. And isn't it crazy? Like, how can these people that have millions and millions of dollars and everything their heart desires, can they be so unhappy? It's because they've got everything wrapped up in this life. They have no other perspective what this life is. We've got to learn as people who follow Christ, like we can't have everything wrapped up in this life. We are just passing through, baby. Like we are citizens of another country. When we receive Christ, we are now citizens of heaven. We are sons and daughters of God. We don't belong to this earth. So I'm just going to wear this life loosely. And one day I'm going to step into eternity with my heavenly father and be with Jesus. And that's going to be a great day. Just, we got to live with an eternal perspective. It's not all about this life. We need to take care of business while we're here. But all of our business is not just gimme, gimme, gimme. I just need to accumulate everything I, hand, I can and hold on to it, right? Sometimes people live that way, don't they? They just live like holding on to every crumb, scratching out everything, and just holding everything so tight. But as people of God, we got to learn to hold things loosely, right? We love fiercely. We hold everything else loosely. Right? That's a good place to say amen. I'm going to amen myself. Amen right there. We need to love fiercely. Hold everything else loosely. Right? Live with an eternal perspective. Right? Because, man, it's, it's easy, though, to get mixed up because, you know, the world has its own systems and its own processes, its own philosophies and all those kinds of things. It's constantly telling us how to live. But as people of God, we live according to a different set of philosophies. A different set of, you know, a different way of living. I was recently in China and uh, my mom, you know, passed a month or so ago. And I was over there uh, and um, I just, I realized like Chinese people are different. <laughs> it's, it's not anything bad. They just, 
their culture is completely different. So they do things that I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, it's just so different. They just live according to a different code, a different way of doing things, just a different way of thinking through problems and stuff. Where here in America, like we think like they think the same thing about us. Like, yeah, I'll do that. You know, just it's just different. It's just it, it's it's the same way with us in our spiritual life. This world has its own way of doing things. We live according to a different set of things. That's why we freely give. That's why we freely forgive, right? The world tells you you don't have to forgive. Did you see what they did to you? God says, hey, choose to forgive. So we live according to a different set of things. Even in this process, when I was going through with my mom, you know, like, you know, it was, it was a different situation. I was, um, going, I was traveling to Houston trying to get my visa so that I could get over there to see her. And while I'm in the process, I'm taking my Uber to get my visa. And, you know, I get the phone call that mom, you know, passed. And so I'm there in the back of this car and I'm just crying and I just feel like my heart is broken and all, you know, things that we naturally feel in those moments. And my Uber driver <laughs> probably thought I was crazy. And, um, but at the same time, I get off the phone and all of a sudden I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he was like, hey, your mom's here in heaven with the Lord, with Jesus, dancing. And I was like, it's like this, it's that eternal perspective. And it can shift in that moment, right? Because we can, we can be heartbroken and at the same time we can be rejoicing. Why is that? Because we have hope. Because we have a different perspective on things. And yes, we should have those moments. We should grieve. We should work through all those things. And there's still moments of of cry. Like we do that, but we do it differently. We still have hope, right? That's eternally minded. We are kingdom minded people. I'm not wrapped up in everything this world has because this is not my destination, right? My destination is heaven. One day we'll be with the Lord. Let me share these words from Colossians chapter 3. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. So if you've received Christ, this is you. Man, your spirit's been raised to life with Christ. So set your hearts on things above where Christ is. He's seated at the right hand of God. So he's, he's just trying to make it obvious for us. Like Christ, like we should know he's in heaven, right? And if you didn't know, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's, he's like trying to lead us to the water to drink, right? Like he's, he's up there with the Lord. So set your mind on those places, right? And he says it again. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Thank God for heaven. Thank God that we have hope, that we don't have to be so wrapped up in just this life, that we can have hope in heaven. Amen? Come on, let's just take this moment and just worship the Lord. With just Lord, we thank you for heaven. Just tell them in your own words.